Welcome to The Red Doe. We are women storytellers and our stories center on Black women, activism, and mental health. I'm Liz. And I'm Rainey. R.I.P. Roe v. Wade. Fuck. <laughs> we, we had a whole summer series lined up. We we're going to just spotlight on activism, but we had to come on and record this episode. Yeah. How are you feeling? I feel terrible. I feel... I feel awful, but I also don't feel surprised. I, it's it's awful what they've done, but also the writing has been in the walls, on the walls for years. I mean, you know, I keep seeing this like meme online that says, you know, fuck you to everybody who said I was overreacting in 2016. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Like, the, like I knew that the election of, of Trump would usher in something really awful. And that's exactly what's happened. And even though he's not in office anymore, he has left so much hate and ugliness and so much oppression and misogyny and racism that has just been left to not just fester, but to flourish. And now it's seeping into our rights. I mean, like this is nothing short of a complete attack and war on women. That's what this is. That's that's all there is to it. Like what, what those Supreme Court justices ruled on yesterday it was basically they do not care about women's rights right and and and, and like sorry it's like it's enforcing what like a fanatical christians their religious beliefs onto the entire country you know it's just keep your bible out of my vagina yeah anyone with the uterus has now been affected by this and it's like plays into this whole the, the christian agenda that is very well organized, very fanatic, very dedicated. And they're already talking amongst themselves how this is not it. And now, you know, they're going for birth control, gay marriage rights. Marsha's Plate, which is a trans podcast, their stories, the philosophy is from a Black feminist perspective as well. And they posted something that um, stuck with me along the lines of, Clarence Thomas wants to roll back all of these monumental Supreme Court decisions, except for loving. Yeah, and then they put a picture of him and his white woman wife on their marriage day. Fuck Clarence Thomas. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him. I mean, he. We're going to do a whole episode probably after the summer where we're going to just really sit down and have a conversation about the other Supreme Court case decision that came out a week before Roe v. Wade that Clarence Thomas wrote the majority opinion on, which now says that there's a constitutional right to have a gun in public. He turned his back on just everything in the country, everyone in the country. I mean, and I what always just gets me is people who... I guess it's not voting against his own best interest because he's got the money. He's too old to really have, you know, need abortion services. Or, I mean, I suppose, you know, if he's cheating or something, he can just pay for it because that's what they do. Exactly. And he is a serial cheater and sexual harassment person. So it doesn't affect him because he can still pay for it. He can still fly whoever he needs to, to one of our states that 
does uphold women's rights and, and take care of what he needs to take care of. I mean, he has armed security guards, so he doesn't have to worry about gun violence like the rest of us. Like they make decisions based on their comfortability, not like the majority, like that's not the lives of the majority of us. And, and his wife, Ginny Thomas, she can double fuck off. She is a white woman fanatic who believes that the election was stolen and was one of the um, puppet figures orchestrating the January 6th insurrection. I don't, even under, I don't even understand how he can be allowed to vote. Like, he's clearly corrupt. Like, why are we having, first off, I don't understand why we have Supreme Court justices that are allowed to, like, die in office. Like, I don't understand why, like, you can be too old to get a job at Walmart because they think that you can't handle it, but you can be 80, 90 something years old and make decisions that affect the rest of the country when you haven't been a normal citizen for 50 years. How does that make any sense? That reminds me of um, a lot of complaints led by like black feminist leaders over Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Because if she had been not so fucking selfish and had retired, Obama would have put in someone with who value who values the same things that this show and I'm sure you listening value, but she didn't, and she died in office, and then we know what happened. But that's also about like that left side needs a fucking backbone. The you left see the way the right has been organizing, and I'm not talking about politics when we talk mm-hmm. about left and right. Just for anyone new, this is not about. I don't like the Democratic or the Republican Party. This isn't about politics. I'm talking about racists armed with guns and money, and this is like also they're making money off of this. But anyway, whew, yeah. what a side tangent. No, but I mean, it's absolutely true. It's it's based on ideology. And you're right. I mean, like, honestly, I read something the other day and it was like, vote is starting to become thoughts and prayers. If anyone said vote blue to me yesterday, I would have punched them in the face. Right. And that's like, the other thing. Not only do they suck, but now it's like they're holding us hostage with these elections. If you don't vote for me, I won't be able to go in there and repeal that law that that bad Republican put in. It shouldn't have even been in with a... I, the House is con- the House, the Senate, and the is it the House and Con? But I think all branches of government right now are led by blue. They're controlled by blue, and they, they still let this happen. You're a useless figurehead. You don't do anything. You have no backbone. You won't stand up to anything, and you are letting our country be railroaded by Christian fanatics. They, they are terrorizing people of any sort of marginalization, anyone with a uterus and, and these people who act like they're your friends, they're not because you know what? They're rich enough too. the rich Democrats also don't have your back. So like, you know, don't get it twisted. Don't blindly follow just because, oh, well, they're not Trump. Yeah. But you know what? They also have allowed Trump to do what he did. Exactly. So yet again, we find ourselves at a moment where we must turn to the downstream solutions to solve an upstream problem. Because upstream is like the government, the federal government, they're the ones that can actually change things. Uh, And for whatever reason, they are not. So we must now turn to downstream solutions if you wanna have the biggest impact in supporting this. Yeah, so one of the things, you know, being online a lot yesterday, you know, you see a lot of different types of posts and, you know, even though they're well-meaning, there are helpful posts and there are unhelpful posts and there are helpful things you can do and unhelpful things you can do. 
And, you know, you kind of see people online, like we need to mobilize and, you know, offering these things. Like I, one thing that I've noticed that people are saying is, you know, it's like, um, I, I think they make the metaphor of camping. Like if you like to go camping and you're in a state that doesn't allow you to go camping, you can come to my house and I'll take you camping. No questions asked. Like, I understand this sentiment, but like realistically, like some random person in Tennessee or Oklahoma or Texas is just going to come across your Facebook page and then hit you up to come to live or stay with you to get an abortion. Like that doesn't well-oiled machine right there. Yeah. Right. The logistics of that just don't make any sense. And the thing that that does is like, rather than doing that, what you should be doing is uplifting the organizations that are already doing this work, right? Like this is not something that the country was completely unprepared for. And we, people have been fighting for women's, or excuse me, for people with uteruses autonomy, bodily autonomy for decades, because there are really oppressive states that have made it difficult. So rather than reinventing the wheel, get on and find someone who has already done it and does it better. Like we say on this podcast a lot, go find the voices of the people who are the most affected by this. Those are the organizations that you need to follow. The ones that are led by the people who are the most affected. And so one I want to talk about, I found this on a tweet that's been going around and I did some research and it's great. So this was originally tweeted by Yamani Yansa Hernandez. Sarah Sean wrote, sending restricted medicine and supplies at no charge to those in need will help more, more people than encouraging traveling out of state to a stranger's house. Do not publicly post a clear offer to send anyone help on social media or use apps like Messenger to coordinate locations or dates. It's incriminating for you and for them. So if you're going to do that, you only use encrypted email and messaging services. So something like WhatsApp or Signal, if you're going to go that route, don't use Facebook Messenger. Don't use text messages if you are trying to coordinate helping somebody with getting an abortion in a state where it is illegal. So first off, that's the way you need to make sure you're doing it. But instead of doing that, there are multiple networks that have been in place for those who are already don't have access. So what you can do instead is volunteer and donate to these local organizations that black activists have already set up. And one of the great things about this one that I'm about to talk about is I found this one through a good friend of mine. She is a wonderful white ally that she's always putting her money where her mouth is and always, you know, really checking other white people online and being like, this is not how you do things you need to make space. So she has been a fantastic ally and has always been a really safe place for women of color. So her name is Janine. So if I could shout out to her, she listens to our podcast. So this one's for you, Janine, you do fantastic. Um, she's the one who found this actually and sent it to me. And I was like, this is amazing. So yes, there an existing network for this purpose led by black queer intersex doula who has had an abortion miscarriage and two kids. So the network is 76 organizations deep with 500 plus other state and local leaders, 15,000 volunteers. So they're already ready to go. There's already something you can plug into. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to make up your own stuff. Go to where people already need you. So uh, Yamani Yansa Hernandez 
is um, an ED of the National Network of Abortion Funds. So you folks can follow at abortion funds. Uh, you can join as a member anchored to their local abortion funds. So you can go to www.abortionfunds.org slash member. And so you can also find your local abortion fund at www.abortionfunds.org forward slash need dash abortion forward slash. And they can learn about uh, abortion, what the their funds do on the same website. So rather than reinventing the wheel, go find the places where there's already stuff in work. Especially again, the people who are the most affected by this are going to be your women of color or your BIPOC people, excuse me, your people with uteruses that are BIPOC, your people with uteruses that are disabled, your people with uteruses that are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, your people with uteruses that are impoverished. Those are the people who are the most affected by this. So if you are looking for to help, do that, right? To become a member for a year is only $30. And your money goes directly toward getting people help that they need and making sure that they have access that they need and making sure that they are not forced to change the whole trajectory of their life by an unwanted pregnancy. Also has been um, endorsed by Marine Kaba, who is a Black feminist leader and someone that the Red Dove follows and looks for to for instruction. So just so everyone is aware, Marine Kaba has also vouched and told us this is who you need to support if you want to do something about abortion rights. So if that is really your goal to help, help in helpful ways. Please consider going to abortionfunds.org. Yeah. And join up. Join up. Yeah. And $30, that's a little over $2 a month. That's not, that's not difficult to help somebody who that's an impossible ask. And, and it's easy. It's easy to do. I signed up this month. You know, like we need to put our money where our mouths are. And, you know, like I'm fortunate enough to have never needed an abortion, you know, and if I had, I live in California. So an abortion would be easy and affordable and safe for me to get. So I have had two abortions. Um, I had the ones with like where you take a pill to end the pregnancy. Um, And the first time I went to uh, Planned Parenthood right here in Camden City and I did not have insurance and it cost $500 for for all of it and I was in a position where I had access to that and that's what happened down the road same thing um, go to the same Planned Parenthood years later but this time I have insurance the whole thing cost me five ten dollars wow not only is that the fucking problem with this whole poor versus rich thing it's about access how much privilege did i just have in that three sentence four sentence story i just shared with you and that's why becoming a year member for abortions.org for 30 dollars is having a true impact for people that are not in the similar situation that you find yourself in absolutely i mean i i'm the same i have health insurance and my health insurance paid for my IUD. So I, you know, don't get pregnant when I don't want to. 
being, you know, a single woman that's dating right now, it's the last thing I want is that I'm in my career and I don't want that. I don't want to be railroaded. I don't want to be taken off track. And, but like IUDs are not exactly something that they just give out either. Right. Like that is because I have health insurance and because of where I'm geographically located, I was able to do that. In fact, I don't even think I paid a copay for mine. I've had mine for gosh, my son is almost seven. So almost seven years, you know, and like, no copay. That's huge. Yeah. No copay. I just went in because it, it, it's preventative. They're like, yeah, you know, you don't want to be pregnant. We don't want to pay for an unwanted pregnancy. So we're in America where we don't give you baby formula or maternity leave. Right. And they even sent me a reminder, like when it had been five years, like, Hey, would you like to renew? Yes. Give me a new <laughs> I'm waiting for them to come with the app. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is linked to your you. Right? It's like, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> the estrogen levels in here are kind of low. So, <laughs> you know, like you said, like there, there's a privilege, right? I'm, I'm privileged too, that, you know, being in California and being educated and having the job that I have, um, it makes reproductive care accessible to me in whatever way I choose, you know, if I decided to, you know, take my IUD out tomorrow and then just let the chips fall where they may, I have the type of healthcare where I could do that too, you know, and that's a privilege. That's a major privilege. There are so many women in this country where that is not the case. There are too many women in this country that face just unimaginable oppression. I mean, just even access or even how close you are geographically to healthcare and if it is like technically <clears throat> like for example text well i don't know about texas anymore but when no they one knows used to have yeah, when they used to have abortion there it would be like they had three locations and that's a massive state geographically so even the privilege of having access to secure transportation is a privilege when we are privileged, we need to use our privilege as we've been talking about for the length of this entire podcast, figure out where your privilege intersects where, with someone who is not privileged. That's what we need to do. That is what intersectionality is. That, that, that's how you become an ally. That's how you make an actual difference. It's nice that you're posting things on Facebook about you being devastated, but like, let's do something. And speaking of which, I would like to point out something that has been happening. And my same friend, Janine, posted this to me, which I love. And it's called A White Woman's Guide to Not Being Completely Insensitive in the Wake of Roe Being Overturned. And so it's written by a Black, a BIPOC person named Ali Henney. They have a a Patreon that you can join. Um, Also a podcast. Uh, she's creating a podcast about anti-racism resources, video content, and writing. So, wow. this, yeah, so this comes from Ali Henny. So, you know, just to give credit where credit due, and she has these tips, and I wanted to kind of go over them because you know I am around a lot of you know um, white women and 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 well-meaning white women, but I think that sometimes it's good to kind of realize how your reactions are negatively affecting other people, especially if you are white and you have the privilege of not really having to think about how your actions affect other people or how your whiteness affects other people, which being white, that's not something that you 
innately know that's something you usually have to, you know, kind of understand about yourself versus being a person of color. We are always aware of how our color affects every single thing we do or don't do. So I think that this was a good article to kind of help keep things in check to make sure that you are being the type of ally you want to do and that you, we want to be, and you aren't, you aren't causing undue or an unnecessary harm to your BIPOC women or BIPOC people with uteruses that they're watching you right now. They're watching how you react. So first thing Ali Henny says is to recognize your complicity. So, and I'm going to like quote from her a lot and then comment on it, but you know, she wrote it beautifully. So why reinvent the wheel, right? So recognize your complicity. So you might have been born a feminist and have always lived according to feminist convictions your whole life. However, as a white cisgender woman, you are still complicit in this racist and oppressive system. You are not to blame for the patriarchy that also oppresses you, but you are complicit in the ways that the patriarchy oppresses people who hold other marginalized identities. So the overturning of Roe means that women who are racial minorities, people under the trans umbrella, poor women, disabled women, and many others are going to be disproportionately affected by the oppressive systems and structures that enforce laws and restrict access to abortion care. That oppression only compounds at each intersection of identity. As you fight for your white rights, white cisgendered women, you must recognize that racism, transphobia, et cetera, is also at work here. You aren't free until everyone is free. And also you might not have voted for Donald Trump, but a lot of white women did. And there's a reckoning that needs to happen with that. So advice to white people, if you need to call in other white people to kind of educate them. If If you see this too, this isn't the first time you're hearing this. Take the next step and then be vocal in spaces that you occupy. Don't be afraid to speak up. Right. And, you know, again, it's not the blame game. You know, did you personally put Donald Trump in office? No, but white women did. 55%, you know, versus was it 92% of black women voted against Trump? Yes. You know, so I mean, like that, that just kind of goes to show Again, right? Even if you didn't do it, that affected all of us. Negative. We are. Yes. Um, so the number two thing on the guide is save your white tears. So we've talked a lot about white tears and how they are very, very dangerous to people of color. White tears take away from the subject at hand, right? Because our society is conditioned to see a white woman crying as the ultimate, oh my God, what are we going to do to make her feel better? You and you white woman are not a representative of the most marginalized who will be affected by Roe v. Wade being overturned. Now we're all talking about you or the attention is on you. Don't do that. Right. So like making a spectacle of crying in public on the streets, on the radio, on the television. It's, it's just too much. We don't need that right now. And that's not to say you can't be upset. You absolutely should be upset, but you need to understand that when you have tears streaming down your face as a white woman, the conversation gets derailed. Even if that's not your intention, that is what happens. So 
Find your safe spaces that are in private to cry with your other white female friends, right? Don't, don't shed, don't, don't put this burden on your friends of color or your disabled friends or your other marginalized friends who are dealing with this, because this is hard enough as is without also having to try to comfort you. So please remember that. And also remember like you, your feelings, you know, it's a privilege, your tears right now you know, your, your worst nightmares about what could happen through all of this, this is stuff that marginalized people have already lived through. So yes, it sucks because it's as a whole federal, federal government, like this breaks down things, but marginalized people have been dealing with this oppression for far longer. This is already a reality in a lot of people's lives. So you coming now to the party being like, oh my God, I cannot believe this when there are people who have lived with this their entire lives you know, again, it takes away from what they've already been doing. So please don't do that. Which is why I support abortion funds. It's like, thanks for waking up. But since you just started realizing this is a problem, maybe you need to shut the fuck up and listen to who's in charge. It's like abortion funds has been going on for years. Black women, black feminists have been shouting this for years. This was going to happen. And the majority of white women did nothing. Now you want to get involved? Now you want to get outraged? Please direct your funds to abortion fund, abortionfunds.org. Right. Your, your tears are kind of like coming in late to a play that is already going on and then just making a huge spectacle as you were sitting here. I'm here. I'm here. This, yes. this, is, this is the best play ever. And I need everybody to understand that even though I'm Filling late, your I'm popcorn on people saying, excuse me, having like your phone go off. Like that's what you're doing right now when you behave that way. Right. And right now we all need to pay attention to the play that's unfolding. And we need to pay attention to the actors and the directors who have been doing this play for a while, who know what to do. So sit down quietly. We're glad you're here, but sit down and take a seat in the back and be quiet and just watch. See where you can help. Ask where you can help afterwards, but please don't center yourself right now. We don't need you centered. Um, Number three, don't talk about moving. I know it sounds really like I'm going to move to a state where this is legal. I'm moving to Canada. I'm moving to Denmark, Sweden, all of that other stuff. That again is privilege. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people can just up and move? Privilege. Talking from a state that has abortion. Right. That you want to move because you're upset that this is happening in the country. How about the people that are in the states that are affected by this? Right. The, the people who are in Mississippi and Alabama and Oklahoma who can't move, who are living well below the poverty line and are having a hard enough time just making ends meet now. The ones who live in the very rural areas who don't even have vehicles, but then they sit and watch you talk about, I'm just going to move. Must be nice. Right. Not everyone can do that. So while you talk about it, do not talk about that in public spaces, right? Because now again, that's your privilege saying, okay, I'm late to this party. And you know, this is something that you've already been living with, but I cannot handle this idea. So I'm going to yeet myself out of this situation because I can't, that does nothing. 
So do not talk about moving. Also, number four, don't talk about leaving the country. Save that for other white women in your smaller groups. Do not make posts about that. It, it, it's not going anywhere. It's just showing that you were privileged and, and, and not in tune with the lives of other people who do not have those options. I'm upset. I'm going to move out of the country. Like, it's not real. It's your yeah. venting. Yeah, right. And you're not moving out. You're like very few how, people actually go. How racist and insensitive can you be? Right. At that this you, moment. That you get to use your money to just eat out of the country failing while you leave everyone else here. Don't leave. Make it better. Help us. It's like, you know, watching a ship about to hit an iceberg. And you're like, I'm going to just jump off before it even happens. And I'm going to make a big announcement about it while everyone's still stuck on the ship. Okay, good for you. I mean, if you have to make an exit, do it quietly. If you have the intention that you want to help, don't do that shit. Right. Donate um, to abortionfunds.org. Support right. Ali Henney's Patreon to learn more about this. Like, get involved or get out of the way. Right. We have enough trouble as it is. Like, the right is kicking our butt right now. Big thing is to, like, speak with your whoever is in your community occupying space co-occupying space with you maybe um there's a black feminist group intelligent mischief on ig posted that just so they, to give credit where credit is due they were speaking from a black perspective to a black audience when they said like channel what your ancestors would do and it's like have a barbecue like get together in a However you naturally coexist with people that are already in your life and have these conversations about what's going on and try to mobilize them to do something like maybe donate to abortionsfund.org. The right, they are highly motivated, even though they are, they represent the worst of society. At like 1%, I think it's up to 80% of the entire country is like cool with having abortion. So it's like imposing this Christian belief, on, like you said, onto the rest of the country. But yes, like some, we need to mobilize like-minded thinkers like us that think there should be a ban off of people's bodies to get more involved and active. They're kicking our butts right now. And you know what gets me the most about these people is like, these are the same people who are all gung-ho about invading Iraq and invading Afghanistan because of this boogeyman Sharia law that they talked about with, you know, women not having rights and they're going to liberate the women of, you know, the Middle East because they're so oppressed. And you're just like, kettle, meat pot, like you're both black. Like what, what the, what the fuck do you, you really, you, you cannot see that you're the same damn thing. You're the exact same fucking thing. Um, number five, don't talk about The Handmaid's Tale or any other dystopian comparison that you can make. I have yes, that's what you were just saying. Right? Like, yes. Oh my God. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> be like, it's just like The Handmaid's Tale. Like, I mean, there are a lot of women in this country where that is already a reality and you coming to the party and be like, oh my God. Oh, it's just like, just read the room. If you're going to a protest, don't cosplay and show up in a handmade towel costume. Don't do that. 
It's just, it's, it's insensitive. It's very insensitive. Two more, number six. And this is where we were talking at the top of the show. Leverage your privilege. Pool your collective resources and privilege to make sure that the most vulnerable people among us have access to care that they need. So we're not talking about hoarding resources for yourselves. Give your time, your talent, your treasure, your money to networks and organizations that are already helping people. When in doubt, look to the Black women and the queer people doing the work to be your guides in this. You you don't need to lead the charge on this. In fact, don't lead the charge in this. In fact, don't. Please no. We, We don't need you to lead the charge. There are already people in charge that know what they're doing. Suit up and follow suit. Fall in line. That's what we need from you. And use all of those privileges like Liz and I were just talking about. The privileges that we have. We have the privilege to afford $30 a month for a membership to help with these things. We have the privilege of, you know, having access to healthcare and stuff. So we will use and we will weaponize our privilege to help those who are the least privileged among us. That's what you can do. See what you can do, right? If you can volunteer your time where you are helping with organizations, getting things together, answering phone calls, answering emails for organizations, donating your money to organizations, donating, getting organizations in contact with your organizations to make them bigger, networking. That's how you use your privilege. Not dressing up like the handmaid's tale and crying on CNBC. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because then your image is used and then what, what comes next? Attention on you. Right. And this movement isn't about you. Yes, you are a woman. Yes, it affects you, but it does not affect you the same way it affects. And, you know, and I, I'm the same way. It, even though I am a woman of color, it also does not affect me as much as it affects other people. So it's not my time to be in the, in the spotlight either. It's my time to listen and figure out what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. My time to... Shut up and listen to the impoverished Black queer women who are already doing this work and let them tell me what they need from me and then offer my help in real tangible ways that they need help with. And the last one, and I think this is the most important one, let your anger move you to make a distance. So what, who you said, uh, Maryam Kaba once said, let this radicalize you rather than lead you to despair. Oh my god! And that's the shirt that I just bought from Marine Kaba to support it. And she got all she got. She raised a hundred grand, opened an abortion clinic, or not her, but like it went to a group who opened an abortion clinic in Maryland. I love that she quoted. Yeah. MK. I know, right? But it's perfect. It, it's like it's cool. Yes. Like you know, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I felt really a lot of despair last night when I posted. I was like, I just. I did. I post. I don't know whether or not to rage in, until I'm hoarse or just to watch this shit just go down. But, you know, and I think we all have those moments because it is overwhelming. We are humans, right? But don't sit in that despair. I felt like that last night. And then I was like, what good does that do anybody? Again, I have that despair, but I also live in California. I'm also have a pretty good job with good health insurance. So my immediate life does not change. I will be okay if tomorrow I ended up getting pregnant and I didn't want to be, I can still take care of that. 
So my rage, my outrage should not be for me and my despair. It should be outrage for those who do not have the same privileges. And then I need to use that rage to move, to move for that, for the ones who cannot move in the same spaces or in the same way, or make as big of waves as I can because of my privilege. Those are the people that we need to move for. Those are the people that we need to be angry for, not overshadowing them, but let our anger fuel these organizations, do something, right? We already know pissing off women is a terrible idea, right? Like get a group full of women who are like, oh, the, the fuck do you mean? And watch, what? watch miracles happen. I mean, like there's nothing stronger than, I, I truly believe women are some of the strongest creatures on this earth. I mean, you know, we talked even last week about, or a few weeks ago, you know, the, the shooting and in Texas and that mother who went in and got her kids, right? I mean, we see and hear of these, acts of bravery from women all the time where they just do not give up. We need to have that same, we need to have that same energy for our, our sisters in this who can't have the energy for themselves or who don't have the resources for themselves. So use your anger, use your energy for them, lift them up. An all hands on deck situation. Yeah. Don't sit and just talk about it with your friends about how upset this is while making no effort, right? Like do something, you know, feel your feelings. That's fine. Get mad, but then get up and do something. Those were again, Ali Henny. She wrote uh, this great article, a white woman's guide to not being completely insensitive in the wake of Roe being overturned. We can post this on our uh, website along with, we will also post abortion funds and those websites that uh, we mentioned earlier. So you guys can get activated too, you know, that's something hopefully all of our listeners can do. If you are in that place to do, please, please, please do what you can. Like make, make it count. Don't let your rage fizzle into nothing. Do something with it. Let it ignite until next time.